In this episode of First Mark's Driven Podcast, we welcome John Troutman, co-founder and chief creative officer at Canary. Troutman joined us at Design Driven in March 2016 for a talk that explored the similarities between strong relationships and great design. Very happy to be here. Uh, this is a fun event. Um, hi, my name is John Troutman. Uh, I'm the chief creative officer at Canary, which uh, I also co-founded about three years ago. Uh, and Canary, we're based right here in New York City, and we uh, we have one product out there right now that launched um, at the beginning of last year. Uh, it's called Canary, <laughs> and uh, and it's an all-in-one home security device. Uh, it's simple to set up. It's simple to use. Uh, and our our goal with Canary really is to empower people to go out and to live fearless lives, to not worry about what's happening at home, um, but to just go out there, do what they want, and know that their home is safe and that their family is safe. Uh, it's available, it's a really cool product. If you don't have one, you should totally go buy one. That's my plug there. Uh, and uh, Canary, uh, you know, we went into retail at the beginning of last year, and one of the things that sets Canary apart from other home security uh, companies uh, is that we've been design-driven from from day one. I'm a designer myself, and that's always been an important aspect of uh, of the company for us. Uh, and to us, that's it's it, that means it's not just about you know building hardware or uh, developing technology, but it's about crafting meaningful uh, and delightful experiences. Uh, so let me ask you a question: uh, Who here, by a show of hands, is currently in a relationship? I know this sounds like a non sequitur. Who's in a relationship? If you, Few hand, okay, all right. I saw actually I saw a hand go up and then go down. So, <laughs> sorry to make it awkward. You can sort that out later. Um, I want to tell you about my uh, my first relationship. Okay, I grew up in Oklahoma, and uh, this is the elementary school that I went to, uh, Chisholm Elementary. Fond memories. Um, and in second grade, I had my first relationship. Uh, it was it was the middle of the year, and uh, and this girl moved to Oklahoma from Michigan. Uh, her name was Lindsay. I'll leave her last name out of it. Uh, so Lindsay moved into our class, and like immediately I was smitten. I was like, oh my gosh, this girl is awesome. I had like a mega crush, uh, like to the point where I like found a dead spider on the carpet, and I like, threw it in her hair. You know, it's like, that's like the ultimate second grade crush, and you're like throwing dead spiders. Uh, she didn't like it, but I tried. Uh, and kind of throughout, throughout the year, I was... Uh, I was trying to, um, I wanted to go out with her, like in, at my school, and even in second grade, like going out was like the thing. I didn't know what it meant, but I was like, I gotta, I need to go out with Lindsay. And, uh, but it wasn't happening, she wasn't having me. And like, uh, the, the last day of school, the school year rolled around, and I'm in the lunchroom, and there's like some notes being passed back and forth. I get a note from one of Lindsay's friends that says, hey, if Dave goes out with Erica, Lindsay will go out with you. And I'm like, Dave, Dave's one of my friends. I'm like, Dave, you've got to go out with Erica. This is awesome. Like, it's, it's my, this is my chance. And Dave was like, I don't know, man. Like, my mom, if she finds it out, like, I'm going to be in trouble about this. I'm like, come on. So after some cajoling, I, like, talk to Dave. And he said, we send a note back. It says yes. And then we get a note back. And it's like, Lindsay says yes. And I'm like, this is awesome. I'm, like, running out into, into, the, into recess and, like, carving our initials into trees. I didn't, like, hang out with Lindsay at recess. I was just, like, excited, you know. Uh, and then, like, 20 minutes later, Dave's like, hey, John, I'm so sorry. I broke up with Erica. <laughs> And I'm like, oh, no, man. And then Lindsay broke up with me. And so that was pretty short-lived, but that was my first relationship. <laughs> so you guys are like, John, what are you talking about right now? Like, what is this? I'm at a design event. Uh, <clears throat> well, I've, I've spent, um, I don't know, like 25 years thinking about this relationship and what we're wrong. <laughs> 
And uh, and I've learned like a couple things. I think they're like like core ingredients to a successful relationship uh, that like just didn't exist for Lindsay and I. Uh, <laughs> So the first one is like quality time. Like you have to spend time together in a relationship for it to like mean anything and to like last. And we didn't do that. I don't think like spelling class counts. Uh, effective communication, like notes kind of worked, but like we weren't really, we weren't really communicating. It was pretty poor. Uh, crisis management, right? Like in a relationship, you've got to be able to make it through the hard times. But for Lindsay and I, like as soon as Erica and Dave broke up, we just like, we crumbled. We didn't have that foundation to like make it through that big crisis. Um, and then every relationship needs like a little bit of magic. Or as designers, we might say it needs some surprise and delight. You know what I mean? Uh, and um, that was non-existent for us also. And lastly, um, you know, there has to be trust in a relationship. And um, to be completely honest, I like doubted Lindsay's commitment to us. I did not trust her. <laughs> Okay, so uh, can we all agree that these are like good uh, tenets for, uh, like core tenets for a good relationship? Probably. Uh, okay, so I also believe that these are core tenets for good product design, okay? Or like good brand design or good experience design. Uh, that actually when you're designing any of those things, you're actually designing a relationship. Um, okay, so beginning of last year, <clears throat> I'm in, I go into an Apple store. And, uh, and I see this product, and like, immediately I want it. Okay, it's a connected scale. And admittedly, connected scales like, aren't very cool. Um, but I saw this, and I was in kind of that New Year's resolution mindset. <clears throat> and, uh, and I saw this scale, and I was like, man, I got to have it. So I bought this scale, and I go home, and I'm like, pretty, pretty like, pumped up about it. I'm like, um, oh, and I should say my New Year's resolution was to gain some weight. Um, <laughs> and so I'm like, I'm, like, I'm going to do this. You know, the scale is going to help me achieve my goal. Uh, so I like unboxing it, I like, go through the setup, I try to go through the setup process, and uh, I couldn't get it to pair with my phone, and that's like the whole kind of point, right? Uh, and I'm like going through this Bluetooth setup process, and like won't work, I keep seeing like flashing lights on the scale, and it's like, what are you, I'm like, what are you trying to tell me? It's like trying to communicate, like I don't speak your, I don't speak scale, and I'm, I'm looking at my phone, and in the app, and it just keeps giving me error messages. It was pretty rocky. It was a kind of a bad start to our relationship, but I was like, I'm gonna, we're gonna make it happen. So I um, finally got the scale set up. It took me a few days. I got it set up, and, uh, and for the first week, I'm like weighing myself diligently. I'm like, all right, cool, I'm stable, but I'm, I'm like weighing myself. And uh, then like, I skip a week, I don't use it. Um, then I, uh, I skipped a couple weeks, and then sometimes I would stand on the scale and it would tell me something I wasn't interested in, like tell me like my body mass index. I don't even know what that means. I'm like, just tell me my weight. At one point, I like I like lost a pound. I'm like, don't you care about my goals? You know what I mean? Like, are you are we in this together? And and apparently we weren't. Uh, finally, I like stopped using. I haven't used the scale in a while. I still have it, but I don't use it. My daughter loves to stand on it, um, but I think the batteries are dead. Anyways, bad relationship. Okay, like not just a bad user experience, but like a bad relationship. And I kind of felt like it was a bad breakup too. I was like, I I had all these expectations and it just let me down. Um, and so if you think about if you think about the products that you own. Or the, uh, or the apps that you use, the services you use. Um, everyone, every, every one of those products, you have a relationship with it that is either getting better or worse on a daily basis. You might not think of it that way, but it's true. Like relationships don't stay, stay stagnant. Uh, they're either becoming like healthier and like more meaningful and like deeper, or they're like kind of, you're like starting to get over it, <clears throat> right? Or like you're, um, maybe it starts to feel like, man, this, my, 
the other person is kind of like starting to nag me or the product is kind of starting to nag me. Um, and uh, like think about your relationship with your iPhone, for example, if you're an iPhone user. Maybe you've been using your iPhone for years, um, but like, you know, there's something that's about that new Galaxy, Samsung Galaxy, that's like maybe looking a little bit sexy. So, you know, maybe it's like kind of going the other way, or, or maybe you use Google, uh, Google search like every day, but part of you just feels like slightly being curious. <laughs> being, I don't know. Um, so, I mean, this, when, I, when I think about, uh, I found that this idea of product design being relationship design has significantly impacted or like really directed the way I work. And it's actually directed the way that we work at Canary. Um, that we're, we realize that we're not trying to just make a product that, that somebody uses, um, but we want people to actually love our product. We want to turn our users into lovers, but not in like a weird way. Um, we, want, we want people to like love our device, to like feel like they need it, to feel like they like, emotionally are so attached to it that they just like have to have it in their life, right? Um, so one of the ways we do this is we focus on that aspect of quality time and, uh, and really uh, you know, ask ourselves, like, what does is, what is quality time with Canary mean? Um, so I'm going to show you the app a little bit. Uh, so this is, a, this is the, home, the home screen of the Canary app. And we want uh, any interaction a user has with the Canary app to like be fulfilling and engaging. Um, so you'll notice what we do right on the, on the main screen of the app is we show, uh, we try to elevate like some of the most engaging features like right at the forefront. So a big button that says watch live. Okay, so Canary like at its core is a, is a camera, it has an HD camera in it. So like right when you open the app, rather than like give you some status or like show, um, uh, you know, the settings or, or let you kind of go in and change like modes or stuff, we try to show right at the front, like watch live, like dive in there, like be home, no matter where you are, you can see this live feed. That's one of the most, or if not the most engaging aspect of the product. Uh, but not every iteration had this. As a matter of fact, when we first started designing it, um, uh, this is one of the, the older designs uh, that we were testing. And like this was, it's a little rough around the edges, but we, we had tried this where it was like, try to have some like natural language to it at the beginning and like kind of create a, a personality that way. Um, we were pulling in like the temperature and the humidity uh, data right there. Um, and then you can see like, there's this thing down there that says like three events and then like shows you the timeline that you can get to. If you click on your own face on the main screen here, it pulls up like your own personal settings. You can like change some toggles. Um, but ultimately like this, we didn't feel like this was working. It didn't give that, uh, it didn't make the time spent in the app uh, uh, enjoyable. It almost made it feel more like tedious, right? Um, so this is where we landed. This is the current um, iteration of the app. We do keep a couple things though that you saw in the previous one. We have a little thing at the bottom there that says view timeline. Uh, arguably the timeline is maybe like the next most engaging aspect of the Canary app. Um, it's kind of like a, uh, it's like a feed of kind of what's happening in your home, sort of like an Instagram feed for your home, <laughs> except instead of seeing uh, like what your best friend from high school ate for dinner last night, uh, you see like what your cat's up to, uh, or maybe you see like that your kids made it home safely and, and it has this kind of relevant content to you. Um, so you might be like away from your home all day at work or doing whatever and, and, uh, and miss out on like some really quality time with your, um, with your family, but you can go into the Canary app and kind of make up for that a little bit and catch up with, what hap with what's happened um, and even preserve some of the most important moments uh, within the app. Um, so kind of this perspective for us has allowed us to take um, what would otherwise be like a very utility product, right? Like home security, very utility product, and turn it into something that's actually an engaging relationship. 
Well, let's let's be honest with ourselves. Like every relationship has these crisis moments, has uh, has like trouble times that you have to get through. And Canary specifically is designed actually to deal with like external crises, uh, like a burglary or a break-in. Um, so how it performs in that scenario actually could make or break uh, the relationship. Um, you know, if, if Canary failed uh, to kind of work with the user and be successful in a, in a really high crisis emergency situation, it's going to be hard to recover from that lost trust. On the other hand, uh, if Canary and if the user, you know, with Canary makes it through this crisis situation, uh, they're actually going to be like stronger and like better on, on the other end of it. Let me give an example of what I mean. Uh, there's a, this man here, his name is Steve Pugh. Uh, he lives in Virginia. He's a Canary, Canary user. He was interviewed on Fox and Friends about this experience. Uh, but he, uh, he was not in Virginia. This one day he was in Martha's Vineyard. And he gets a notification on his phone that says there's activity detected in his house, right? So he opens it up and he looks at it and he sees a man uh, in his home. Actually, the video is really scary. He has like a knife and he's kind of going through the home. And, um, and so Steve, it was... Luckily, he was pretty cool-headed about it. This is what Steve would have seen when he opened his app. Um, and so he, he, he was presented with a couple options here. Uh, Canary deliberately did not like make a decision for Steve. It didn't say, like, oh, motion detected, siren, automatically on. Rather, it alerted Steve and kind of worked with him uh, to kind of you know, find their way together through this crisis. So Steve called the police uh, from the app. He didn't, he didn't immediately sound the siren. He called the police, said, hey, I've got video. I'm watching video right now of somebody uh, in my home with a knife. Uh, and we're not there. So uh, about 10 police officers went over, and he was coordinated with them on the phone. Oh, I should note that the Canary app pulls in, uh, we pull in local uh, emergency contact numbers. So like, even though he wasn't in Virginia, when he used his phone to call the police, it contacted him with ones close to his home. So anyways, they show up, and then he, uh, he, then, he then he sounds the siren, and the guy runs out, and they actually arrest the burglar right, right there on the spot. Um, and because of this experience, like, a, cr a crisis like this is, is can, you know, can rock your world. And, and Steve uh, actually kind of came out the other end of it, even like a bigger uh, uh, advocate for Canary and like loved the product even more because it was kind of a companion with him through this uh, rough experience. Um, so if you want to go out and do something like right now, tomorrow for, your, for whatever product you're working on, um, go and like make a list of any, uh, any crises or even like stressful or frustrations or pain points that your users might experience. Like actually make a list. What are the biggest frustrations or stresses that they're gonna go through? And then, uh, and then pick one or two of them and say, hey, how can our product be a companion <coughs> with our users in these stressful situations? Like focus on those and you're gonna get the most value if you do them right. Um, so I'll give another non-canary example about this um, is uh, quickly MailChimp, um, which I think is a great product. Uh, uh, arguably, there's not like major crises that users that Mailchimp are going through that Mailchimp would necessarily know about. But overall, like sending emails can be a pretty stressful situation, like mass emails. And I think Mailchimp does a fantastic job of working with uh, their users in what would be what could be stressful parts of the of the journey. Um, and they do it really well through copywriting. So if you use Mailchimp, you might notice this that they like actually have this tone that their interface is completely like personified. Like you feel like not like you're using enterprise software when you use MailChimp. You feel like you're like working hand in hand with a friend uh, who's like helping you go through this, and then finally hit hit the button and like give high fives. It's pretty cool. Um, so one last thing is is this uh, this idea of like magic in a relationship, or the surprise and delight moments, or or in relationships you might call this like anticipating what your significant other wants or needs, uh, and then being able to like act without being asked. Uh, so, like, the best relationships have this. 
uh, but it's not something that you like automatically arrive at. So let's imagine these two people are on their first date. Uh, I've been married for eight years, so like I'm not necessarily like the first date expert. Uh, it's been a it's been a little while for me. Um, but I, I think there's a couple like obvious things that you don't do on a first date. Uh, like you probably let's say like you just get the menus. Like you don't want to grab the menu from your date and be like, no, no, don't look at this. Like I know what you want. I'm gonna order for you. Like that's kind of overbearing, right? Uh, or you don't like. Let's say she's telling uh, she's telling like a, a story here. Like actually like trying to tell you about herself. You don't like the, the, hold on and then like feed her a bite of salmon. Like this guy's doing. It's like come on, man, right? You can do. You can like get to know each other. Uh, but the funny thing is, it's so obvious. But the funny thing is, like as product designers, sometimes we like design interfaces that are like bad first dates. Um, like think about it. Uh, parallax scrolling was a thing, or maybe is a thing. I don't know. But you know, so maybe as a designer, you're like really excited about parallax. You're like, man, I'm gonna make this like web web page that just like as soon as the user starts scrolling, it like does this cool animation, like jumps you to the next thing. And I like hate those. Like I call it, like hijacking like the scroll rate, right? Where like you're scrolling and all of a sudden the, the browser just decides like, oh, I'm gonna scroll you to the next section. And that's kind of like overbearing. It's kind of like a, this first day that's like kind of taking you to the next thing. You're like, hey, I'm trying to go at my own pace here. Uh, or maybe, um, maybe in some interfaces, like you might, uh, a user might be doing a, performing a specific task and you say, I'm gonna like throw a pop-up right now to like invite them to do this other thing that I, I really know they're gonna want more than whatever they're doing. That stuff's just like bad experience. Um, or, or one other example is uh, like giving recommended content, which is great, right? Recommended content is awesome. We want that. Um, but sometimes like products like rush into it too soon. They're like, I know you don't really know what I want yet. Or maybe there's some like major, major like data stuff happening on the back end. They do know what I want, but I don't want to like think they know what I want yet. Um, so I love how Netflix handles this. Um, Netflix, I think, is a fantastic example of kind of like taking me along, like getting to know me a little bit. The, the, uh, the setup pro or the onboarding process with Netflix is the screen looks like this. It just asks you a simple question. It's like, hey, tell, tell us three things. Or like it says, help us find TV shows and movies that you'll love. I'm like, cool, Netflix. Yeah, I'll do that. That sounds like a good plan. Uh, let's get started. So I like choose three things. It's really easy. Uh, then it like shows you, hey, some algorithms are happening in the back end. Like we're actually like taking what you said and like considering it. And then like really fast, it's like it's put me on this homepage that feels like really personalized for me. And I believe that it's personalized. And it's like feels like the beginning of a really healthy relationship. Um, I mean, unless you consider, I mean, binge watching. Maybe that's another conversation whether binge watching is healthy. But, but it feels like it's like the product's listening to me and like we're, we're together in this. Uh, and I love that. I think Netflix is great at it. Um, they also do it like when you finish a show. Uh, I love how they do this. It's like I don't even have to like touch my keyboard. It's just going to know to like play the next show for me. And that's a good, I think, a great example of it's asking without being asked, but not so much in a way that like I feel like it's being pushy for me. So I love that. So I, I think Netflix is not the first date, the bad first date where it's like being overbearing, but it's actually like the older couple that's like been together long enough. Like you actually can order for each other at this point. I think so. Um, anyway, so I hope that as as uh, if you raise your hand at the beginning and you're in a relationship, good luck. I hope you can avoid heartbreak. Uh, but if you're a product designer out there, um, I hope, more importantly, I hope that you can go out there and turn whatever, each and every product that you work on, uh, into a long-lasting uh, love story. Thank you.